Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Late lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Good afternoon and you're very welcome along to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Joan Larkin here sitting in for Jerry again. My last day for this while anyway. Busy, busy show full of very interesting people. You can text or WhatsApp with all your comments and queries to 086-1800-658. A heartbroken father still treasures a little Santa he places on his mantelpiece each Christmas in memory of the six sons he tragically lost to cystic fibrosis. Paddy Peppard, who's 80 and from Trim in County Meath, bought the little figurine the first Christmas after his eldest son Patrick was born in June 1961 and recalls the little baby staring up at the festive figurine shortly before he died from cystic fibrosis at just three months of age. Paddy has had an extraordinary life, a sometimes very tragically sad life, but he joins me now on the line to tell me all about what Christmas means to him and to tell me about his life. How are you, Paddy? Good morning, how are you? Not too bad, and thanks a million for taking the call. You're welcome. Paddy, tell me about this little figurine that you bought at Christmas. Oh, this little figurine, yeah, he was part of our lives now. Uh, He's in there in the sitting room on the mantelpiece, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, I bought him in a little shop downtown, coming home one evening, and uh, they looked in the window, and there he was, and so what could I do when he buy him? We were expecting a baby, and that was it. It made Christmas. He made Christmas, you know, and made a few of them afterwards, you know. So you bought him back in 1961 because your eldest son, Patrick, was born. That's right, yeah, yeah. And tell me a little bit about Patrick. What happened? How did you know something was wrong? Patrick was, yeah, uh, the start of a very, very long episode in my life that I I wanted to forget. I still try to live it down. The memories, the memories, they were all so hard, so hard. Um, Patrick was a lovely baby, yeah, lovely to look at, yeah. And, and uh, I remember getting a letter from the maternity or a phone call from the maternity in Trim. He was getting rushed to Dublin, to Crumlin Hospital, and uh, it didn't seem a whole lot to me at the time. Mm. I was very young, remember, I was mm. only 20. And um, uh, he was rushed to Dublin. Then I, I rushed to Dublin the next day, and of course I was told he had cystic fibrosis, and they were going to have to operate on him, which they did do on him. And yeah. um, 
like the Dunn and all his brothers that came after him. Because Patrick know. was just the first son born with cystic fibrosis. He was fibrosis. the first son, very important, yeah. But Paddy, yourself and your wife, Anne, you lost six little boys to oh, cystic we fibrosis. Lost, yeah, yeah, lovely boys, oh, lovely boys, yeah. We had Andrew next, yeah. We buried Patrick, of course, and then we discovered we, we were having another baby and that was Andrew, yeah, and Andrew was a lovely baby, and, and the same story was all over again, rushed to Crumlin Hospital, Dublin, operated on, yeah, linger for a while, yeah, after the operation, but then died. And Five. we brought him home, yeah, and buried him in Newtown. I mean, Paddy, how do you cope with that? How did your I wife Anne cope with that? I don't know how I coped with it, that I didn't become, yeah, uh, uh, well, a nervous mental wreck, but then came uh, the third boy, yeah. We would have had, we would have had um, uh, Tony, mm-hmm. Antonio Joseph, we called him. But Tony, I called him for short. He was, he was, he was absolutely, uh, you know, lovely, beautiful, you know. And uh, we kept him here, you know, with his, uh, had him, he was four and a half. He had many an operation, you know, on, on, uh, for cystic fibrosis. But uh, I took him to Lourdes, even flew with the Lourdes with him. You know, I remember as well, up in the aeroplane, and I telling him who was underneath. Who, your uncle lives down there. We were flying over England, and yeah. he was asking me all this talk, and he was very, very, very much with us, even at four and a half. Yeah. Very, very good mind. He w- would have been a great student had he lived. He was very clever, clever yeah. little boy. And you see, you brought him all the way to Lourdes, all but y- Lourdes, you say Lourdes, you knew uh, on the way back, Paddy, did uh, you? I got, got into the bath and Lourdes with him and put him on my chest in the water and, you know, so I thought that was going to save him. Yeah. No, I knew coming home on the plane that I was losing the Tony anyway. I was going home, but I was going to lose Tony. How did you and know that? Was it just a I, feeling, Paddy? That's the message I got in Lourdes. Oh, okay. You got a That's message. That's the in message it? I got there. That's oh, the Lord. feeling I got. You know, I took him to Lords, but he wasn't going to live. I was wasn't going to have him long. Actually, I I hitchhiked with with Tony in my arms on the Dublin Road to get to Crumlin when he took bad in the finish. And it was a big lady, big big shot that pulled up in a car and said, "Is that baby ill?" And she, I said, "Yes, he's not well." She said, "Get in," and she drove me to Dublin. And when I reached Dublin. She said, where are you going? I said, I have to get to the Children's Hospital Crumlin. She said, I can't let you out of the boat, out of this car. You couldn't get out of this car, she said, with that boy. He's very ill. She said, I'll take you to Crumlin. I never forgot her, wherever she is. Uh, and uh, she drove me to Crumlin with, like, with Tony, you know. And, uh, and, and, and Paddy, Anne, Anne was home in all, all of this, with, with losing all her little babies. How yeah, did Anne cope with yeah, this? She must be yeah. a terribly strong woman. Yeah. Uh, Anne is only a handful of a woman. <laughs> she was a small, tiny little woman. She's even tinier now because yeah. she's older. There's a, uh, 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 it, it, it's so sad to think back on it, yeah. you know. Uh, but uh, uh, I stayed overnight in, in, in Dublin when Tony died. I'd brought up his pyjamas and, and everything ready. I knew he was dying. And uh, I stayed in my sister's house overnight. And I took a walk down along the quay early the next morning. Something told me, wake up, wake up. And I woke up in her house and dressed myself and ran down along the quay to the nearest phone box I, I could find. And I rang. And only to be told, he was in the arms of a nun. 
and old nun had him. She said, he's just side of my arm as you're, as you're ringing. But so, you had the feeling, you knew in your heart. I knew my heart, yeah. But I had to get to the phone, I had to get to the phone. And you tried everything, didn't you? You I learned how to every, handle these everything. babies when they were sick. The doctors told you what to do. Oh, everything, yeah, everything. You tried it was everything. Terrible. So I had to come back home to trim a course and tell Anne, you know, Tony is dead. And uh, we had to uh, get everything ready for to bring him home because we waked him in the house, Tony. Yeah. We lived in Kells Road then, Trim, and uh, we waked him overnight and all the neighbours came in overnight and they were all great, wonderful people. We lived among there on the Kells Road in Trim. Uh, and we waked Tony and his little pyjamas on him and everything. He looked lovely, beautiful and... Um, uh, of course uh, he did. And Paddy, you, you, yourself and Anne carried all of these babies yeah, in their little white coffins yeah, to the grave. You buried yeah, them yourself. Yeah, yeah. Why I'm, was that, Paddy? to Newtown. Well, uh, I didn't carry Tony. I would have carried the rest of the babies. Tony was four and a half. No, a friend, a friend volunteered with Tony. In fact, he came to Dublin with me to bring him home and put him on the back seat of his car in the coffin. Uh, I never forget, never I could never forget Tony because it was a, the, the most saddest thing in my lifetime. Of you know, course, because you had you know, him for four and a yeah, half years. Yeah, yeah, and to have him in a car, driving him all the way back, you know, the trim on the Dublin Road. I wasn't speaking, and the driver, the young bloke, my own age group then, uh, you know, he, he got the feeling there was something wrong. He said, you're, you're very quiet, Paddy, you're not saying anything. No, I said, I, I, I can't find words, I said, to describe to you what you have on the back seat of your car, you know. And Paddy, then tragically, something else happened in your life. Leslie, you're, you're Leslie, this son, that Leslie, was a I totally different story. Yeah. Oh, Tell I, us about I, Leslie. I had a boy called, uh, no, Leslie, before you get to Leslie, we had a lovely boy called, uh, he was born Ash Wednesday. I called him Ashley. And... Uh, uh, he lived a couple of months yeah. and then we had Richard yeah. Richard was the blonde out of all the bunch they were all dark haired like their mother but when I seen Richard he was pure blonde hair yeah yeah and he was 21 like myself he had my face whole features and blonde hair I was blonde coloured then I'm white now <laughs> but uh, um, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me no problem at all Paddy and uh, yeah, Richard, yeah, Richard was another big blow, a big blow, yeah. But I was in bed one night, and then beside me, and I heard him coughing and struggling, and <clears throat> I got out of the bed and lifted him up and, you know, ran to the window, opened it, let him get out, and I knew he'd with cystic fibroids. I'd, I'd, they had told me how to it. I'd know if your baby had it in Dublin. I belonged to the Assistic Fibrosis Association of Ireland by this stage. Yeah, of course. But I remember mm -hmm. shaking <coughs> Richard. I remember saying, Dan, uh, that's the first time I've seen Anne crying. I said, I have to go in the morning with him to Dublin, Anne. I said, he's Cystic Fibrosis, because we thought he hadn't it. We yeah. were sure he hadn't it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we absolutely were mad about him, and Anne was mad about him, because he was so blonde. He was different than the other boys. Yeah. But no, we went, I took him to Dublin the next day and, and the the on him and he lasted a while, a month or two, yeah, and then he was dead. You know, it, 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 it was a, 
uh, a time a time that uh, uh, that you can't forget times uh, I, you can't forget uh, I remember uh, Professor Ward he was Professor Ward he handed all my children in Crumlin I remember him <clears throat> bringing me into his private room and he, and, and we had a chat and uh, I came home and I did what he wanted me to do. I wrote down on paper something like I'm doing with you now. Everything that had come into my mind would go on paper. Paper. I wrote about 300 pages. And I, he sent me another telegram and I went back up. And I gave it to him. And uh, during all this time, we were expecting another baby. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, uh, it's very hard to imagine very a, hard. A, a couple yeah. going but through all took, of that. He took my letter into Trinity College. He told me, he said, I'm bringing this letter, he said, it's going into Trinity College. I want all my the medics friends I have there to read it. And he did. He took it into Trinity. And it decided, because he sent for me again, and I went back up to him. He said, this book is going into pamphlet book form. It will be sold all over the world. So I said, fine. But he said, I can't do that without your permission. I said, you have my permission on one condition. He said, what's that? I said, you've got no cystic fibrosis clinic here. They're in with other babies in boards and picking up mm-hmm. germs, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that stage, Crumlin wasn't as, as up to date as it is now. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, the money the book makes, I said, you're the, I want a clinic built here, a wing built here for cystic fibrosis babies only. He said, that I'll see will be done. And it was done. Because so, I, I went up afterwards on another occasion, another baby, another death. And the matron said, I have to show you something. I have to bring you down the hall. And she brought me down. And I could see the sliding doors. And it wrote over them. She said, I really believe you're the cause of all this. Very nice. Yeah, they built a wing there. Yeah. Uh, the book was sold and made money and they built a wing. But isn't that a wonderful legacy? Another legacy, yeah. It's but, wonderful. Yeah, but the next baby was tragedy. a The next baby we had that year was a girl. And it was boys, boys, boys until mm-hmm. we had a girl. You know, t- my daughter Martina. Yeah, and I, I was uh, absolutely, I couldn't believe it. A little boy out of his shop across the road from where I lived there on the railway road came in that morning and I had two boys on the table washing them and getting their breakfast, Bernard and and, and, and Leslie. And um, he said, there was a telephone call at the shop, he said, your wife is all right and you have a baby girl. Oh. oh, I said, you're wrong. You're wrong. I looked at the young lad. Oh, I said, no, you got it wrong. We don't have girls here. It's all boys here. <laughs> well, he said, that's the message I got. It's a baby girl you have. But Paddy, you went on to have three more children, two sons I and a did, daughter. Yeah, I did, yeah. And yeah. you have grandchildren now, I believe. I have six grandsons now. You have six grandsons, and they're all healthy and well, are they? Well, they're all in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they all had sweat tests. I insisted on that. That they had the tests? parents. Uh, my Bernard, Bernard, my son, he's got three sons now in college. All healthy and well, thank God. All healthy and well, yeah, all doing well in college. And Paddy, that little Santa Claus that you bought by way back in 1961, is he still he's, there? He's part of my life, yeah. And, and, and yeah, we take him, take him out 
always Christmas and put him on the mantelpiece in the middle of all the glitter, you know. And it's, it's, I do stand in silence on my own sometimes just to, to look at him and talk to him and call out, you know. And remember but, all those lovely and children. And remember all the names and all the boys, the little faces. You know that I looked at. And Paddy, you know. despite all the tragedy, yourself and Anne celebrated sixty years married well, 60 there a couple years of weeks ago. The twenty-first of November, just a couple two weeks ago. Well, congratulations, belated congratulations from all of us here. And you went yeah. off with all the bouquets of flowers and put them on the on the That's babies' right, on the babies' yeah. graves. They were in that room. Yeah, that guy that arrived the other day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan had taken it. Them photos he took. Uh, yeah, there was all bouquets here in the hall and in the room. So. Um, uh, yeah, well, it's, Paddy, it's, it's a long time, sixty years. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to be going back there again. No, it was a hard time. I, I couldn't possibly go was... back there again. You know, well, Paddy, it uh, takes a remarkable man and woman, a remarkable yeah, couple, yeah. to come through like you did, and to celebrate sixty yeah, years married. Yeah, we're still together. You know, we're, we were a good man and woman. We done everything right, as we thought. We but we were very young getting married. You know, I remember well. Yeah, I was only 19 and a half when I got married, you know. Yeah. And you did everything right and you stuck together through thick right. and thin. Yeah, and when you were in the middle of Dickie Rock's number, the candy <laughs> store on the corner, oh, the chapel yeah. on the hill. Yeah, yeah. I remember singing it, you know. Oh, bless but you, Paddy. I didn't know what was ahead of me. The no. tragedy, the pain, the hurt that was ahead of me that I had to face. No, and better that you didn't know, Paddy. Better that you didn't know. No, everything I didn't know. Well, you're a remarkable couple, and yourself and Anne, and I wish you all the best. Yes. And congratulations again from all of us here on 60 Years. And thank you for talking to us today on Late Lunch. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a happy Christmas. The same to you all there. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Late Launch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. Well, now I mentioned Miley and Biddy and people might be a bit confused because we're t- going back years and years to Glen Row. Tell me, how, how did this come about? Was it all because of something Miley and Biddy did? Well, you know what? I had about six acres of land. After I bought, I bought a house, it came with six acres of land. Didn't really know what to do with it. Um, a few local farmers took the hay off it for a few years. And myself and my wife Kathleen were um, sitting in watching Miley and Denny on Glenrow. Now, this is 32 years yeah. ago. And Denny announced, or, or rather Miley announced to Denny that he was going to grow Christmas trees. And I sat up in the chair and I said, that's what I'm going to do. And within two months, I was out planting Christmas trees. And, I mean, you just said, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what what Miley's at. But how do you start? How do you go about that, Pat? How do you start off doing... Did you know anything about growing Christmas trees? I knew absolutely nothing about it. And I did it extremely badly for the first two years. Um, I I planted the wrong variety of tree. Some trees don't grow particularly well in the lush... Um, limey soil of County Mead. Mm. So it took me two to three years before I um, really learned how to grow trees. And that was from joining the Irish Christmas Tree Growers Association and meeting some good growers like the Christy Cavanagh and Wicklow and other good people. 
um, who would have helped me along the way, you know? Showing you, showing you the way, yeah. Showing me the ropes, that's it, yeah. So the first crop wasn't great, but is there much involved in growing Christmas trees? It's not easy, is it? Look, I it, think that's it, why he had so many children, to be honest. Ah, <laughs> Grania. <laughs> there's, there's five of us, so we've all, we've all, uh, we've all had to put a, a get to work at some point or another. There's a, there's a lot in it. <laughs> but you're very involved now. You're very involved since you took over. It, the business has grown and grown. Am I right, Grania? Um, yeah, well, I suppose I kind of um, came back from uh, my travels, like everyone heads off for a couple of years, and mm. I came back from New Zealand and. Um, dad was saying, I don't know if I'm going to keep this up or whatever. Bad back is really kicking in. I said, I, I'm going to have a go of it. Like, I, you know, I've worked in it since for, forever, you know, um, and uh, it was just kind of perfect timing that I was back from back from traveling like most people and, and took it up. Um, and uh, yeah, ever since then, we've kind of have a huge big shed now um, and we've built it up and have a big Santa sleigh and yeah, I'm looking at the photographs here. Yeah, I'm looking oh, at the this the sleigh. I'm looking at the alpacas as well. You've brand, is this just for interest for people visiting the alpacas? Well, You're not farming I'll let, them. I'll let Pat tell you about that story. That's tell me about these one. lovely, cute animals, Pat. <laughs> I, she wants me to tell you now because we had more rows about um, <laughs> ideas, and we went from being a Christmas tree farm to what Grania calls we we now have a Christmas tree shopping experience. Yes. So I was introduced to all sorts of new technologies and uh, we, we thought a bit about the alpacas, but honestly, I absolutely love them. And but sure, they're gorgeous animals, very oh, cute. They're so oh. cute. They're, they've all like just lovely little personalities and really friendly. They're right over nibbling and you can feed them right out of your hand. They're just gorgeous animals. So I see. Fo- I'm looking I, at a photo. How many of them have you got? We've got six, but we, we started off with um, we started off with four. Um, my mum went away for a weekend, and uh, we kind of had this great idea. And she was away, and um, we said, "Well, she's away. We just we just go for it." So we took down her washing line and we put it fences oh. all around the garden, <laughs> and we brought these uh, four alpacas into the back garden. And uh, the washing line, uh, there's still a bit of a bone of contention about where to put that now. <laughs> so you waited till mum was away and you brought in four alpacas? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so she. What did she, she say she when she came back? She the alpacas, but she's still not happy about someone moving the her fact washing, that line. washing line. Can we go back to the trees for a minute? Um, if I was buying a tree now, what makes a good one? What should I be looking for? Well, really, there, there, there are two varieties of trees that are sold widely across Ireland that are non-shed trees. There's the noble fir and there's the Nordman fir trees. Now, there are a few other varieties, you know, but 99% of what are sold as non-shed trees in Ireland would be Nordman and nobles. And what, what makes it, I mean, I know what I like when I look at a tree and I know what I like to see, but what makes an actual good, strong tree that you can actually hang a lot of decorations on? Some of the trees you see out there, the branches just droop the minute you put a bit of tinsel on them. Um, yeah, look, if, when, a tree, a tree is, a, is alive when we cut it. And when you bring a tree into a warm house, it's difficult to, it won't last for five weeks. That's for sure. Yeah. A good tree, if you um, have a water container uh, under it and you keep it topped up, it will absorb water for a number of days. And that will help the, the tree to stay strong and alive a bit longer. Realistically, you'll get two to three good weeks 
out of Christmas tree. Um, if you look after beyond it. That, beyond that, they really will droop in week four, week five. And how long does it take to actually grow a Christmas tree? It takes um, a, a standard Christmas tree, like seven to eight foot high, will take um, about seven, seven to eight years to grow. Like, really? We spend, yeah, it's, it's quite, quite a while. We spend the first four years of growth battling with the other vegetation, keeping the grass and weeds down around them. And the second four years, we, we spend trying to get a nice shape into the trees. Like each tree will be worked on every year from year four to year seven or eight when it's harvested. Um, but with us, we, we will have trees in the ground for, uh, you know, 10, 12 years. We like to have a good variety of trees. There's quite a few um, houses within our area near Dunboyne, up the Ferry House Road, are, are quite big, and, and they like to have a 10 or 12-foot tree. And I get the ad in here now. We're located kind of between Dunboyne and Ferry House Racecourse, and we've lots of signs out. It's easy enough to find us, right, called on Christmas Tree Farm. Okay. So if you're looking for a Christmas tree and you're looking for an extra large Christmas tree up to 10 or 12 feet, then you, oh, yeah. you have those there in stock, do and, you? And a huge variety and plenty of them, yeah. And I, I see what you said here, that even something very, very simple can affect a Christmas tree when it's growing. Even a sparrow, you say, sitting on top of it. Oh, yeah. If, if, a, if a, a bird, sparrow, pigeon, whatever, lands on a tree at the wrong time, like in generally in the month of June, when the the leader, the front part or the the top of the tree, where is you put your stack, and um, so uh, it's it, it's very soft at that point, and a bird lands on it, can break it, and effectively you you lose about one year's growth. Like that's at that at that point, and at the earlier stage, the weather can play a big part. Like um, the summer gone was pretty good. The previous summer. I think we probably lost about 80% of our plants. Because of the summer? Because the summer was so good? It was so good, yeah. <laughs> so good for everybody else. Good yeah. for everybody else, yeah. But the drought affected the, drought affected the growth of the trees? The, the drought affected... We, I think we planted probably towards the end of March. It had been raining yeah. heavily up to, to then. Mm. And from the week after we planted... I don't. We hardly saw a drop of rain until into September, and I yeah. think we lost about eighty percent of them. Of course, that's you but, but that's rare. That 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 would be like normally you could expect to lose anything between you know uh, five seven percent of the of the trees for a variety of reasons. Of course, yeah. In the height of that summer, when everyone was delighted with themselves and they're out there in their bikinis in their gardens, they're not thinking about the poor old Christmas tree growers at that point at all, are they? Gronya, how have you seen things since you came back? The business has it changed? Has it taken off? Is are, are there more and more people looking for real trees? Yeah, I think um, um, it's changed in that people, you know, love getting outside for Christmas, um, and it's what I've found. It's been a real learning experience, really, for me. Um, you know, Christmas is a real time for tradition. Um, people go the same place every year to their Santa to get their Christmas tree because, um, you know, from when the time you're five, been brought with your mom and dad to get your Christmas tree, you know, mm. all the way through um, to when you're now buying a Christmas tree for maybe your, with your son and daughter. It's a real time of tradition and it really sets off the kind of festive season. 
getting your Christmas tree up and and getting outside into into nature and, and seeing where they're grown. Um, we found that that's a real core part of what makes getting a Christmas tree really special. That's like um, what Pat was saying. It's not just a Christmas tree farm. It's the no, Christmas tree experience. It totally is. Yeah. And like, you know, I've, I've been, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, our home place. So um, we've seen, you know, kids growing up for the last kind of 20 years. And that's as long as my memory spans now. Yeah. Selling our Christmas trees. But we've seen people who were buying Christmas trees with their parents now, you know, buying it with their children. And it's so special every year seeing the kids grow up that little bit every year and yeah. you know their parents seeing oh this is a real this is a year gone this is a year past and yeah. look at how big everyone's getting and yeah and it's always a treat isn't it and, it's yeah. a treat going out that day we're going to get the tree I remember yeah, when my totally. kids were small it was a big deal it wasn't just going yeah. to pick the tree to get the tree and bring it home it's it's a great old yeah. tradition altogether and, and, and when, when we're you know when I'm kneeling down talking to the kids asking them what they're going to get from Santa you can kind of see how big the Christmas trees look to them at that at when that you're down size. at their level yeah when you're down at their level and how the how what the alpacas look like when they're at that level yeah and they just think it is magic and it is magic it's brilliant sure it is a magical time of year well yeah. I'll be out on the hunt for a Christmas tree myself shortly I might pop into you one of the days Gronya. I haven't it's even ready. started thinking about Christmas yet but I, I, I should really start getting the skids well, under we'll me now. we'll get you in the Christmas spirit. Good woman. Sure. Well Pat and Grania Blunt Callstown Christmas Tree Farm thanks a million it's been a pleasure talking yeah. to you. Have a Have great day and a happy Christmas. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye The late launch with Blackstone Motors the 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New year low APR finance is now available across the range. Welcome back to Friday's Late Lunch. Now, before the break, we were talking about growing Christmas trees, but now we're going to actually talk about what you do when you get the tree home. So we're going to talk about decorating the tree now. And on the line, I have Orla McAllister from McAllister's Home and Garden Centre in Carrigmacross. How are you, Orla? Hiya, how are you? Great, thanks. So, Orla, we were talking about growing Christmas trees with Pat and Gronya there before the break. So you go to the Christmas tree farm or you get the artificial tree down out of the attic and you start the dreaded process, well, I say dreaded process, of decorating the tree. I'm sure you love it. But where do you start, Orla? I mean, do you start with the lights? Or, um, I mean, I find always every year the lights are tangled. No matter what I try to do with them or pack them away neatly the year before, Every time I take them out, they're not nice and neat. They're all tangled. But where do you start? What's the first thing you do when you get the tree home? Well, we, we predominantly use, obviously, artificial trees here. So um, what I would be doing is I take the tree down. Um, you spread your branches out as much as you can. So with the real tree, there won't be as much manipulation with the, the branches. But with the wired, obviously, artificial um, branches, you'll be able to spread them. And what you want to do is when you stand back, you want to cover as much as you can with greenery before you start putting on the lights. So you want to kind of kind of get no gaps, if if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then we start with the lights. So you can go either um, cool white, warm white, or coloured lights, depending on your preference. Um, and the way I do it, and now I dress a lot of trees, is I go up and down as opposed to round and around. Oh, explain um, that to me, Orla. You go up and down with the lights instead yeah, of wrapping so them around start, the tree. Yeah, if you start, we'll say, at the plug end as opposed to the loose end, start at the plug end and start at the bottom of the tree and work your way up and down, leaving about maybe six to eight inches between each row. And okay. if you go up and down and up and down the whole way around until you get to the, 
the end, I can guarantee you, when you take the, the lights back off, they won't tangle. Oh. Um, so when you have it all kind of, you're happy enough that they're on evenly, um, you can then start kind of maybe pulling the branches around the, the wire to kind of pull it in. So it's a little bit more disguised. Oh, I see. Brilliant. That's a brilliant tip. Thanks a million yeah. for that. And yeah. you were talking about the lights. Uh, is it The trend for multicoloured lights and, and multicoloured decoration seems to be gone. Is it? I mean, it seems to be all ice white, cool white, warm white yeah. these yeah. days. Is that it? it was well, the multicoloured? Warm white. Yeah. yeah, warm white is definitely our best seller still every year. I, um, cool white would tend to go well, but more outside. And coloured as well, more outside. So people are doing their tre- tend to do their trees outside in like a cool white colour or go back to the multicolour. Some people still use them inside, but the warm white tends to go and then people add in colour with the actual decorations themselves. Yeah, because I think the, the multicoloured lights seem to be a throwback to the 70s and 80s. When I was growing yeah, up as a child, I we always had the multicoloured lights. Yeah, they're still beautiful looking. Like, you know, lights have gone from the old traditional bulbs that you had to try and twist every bulb in and see which one was actually broke. They're now LED, mm. and, you know, they're low energy, cost efficient and um, yeah, but warm white is definitely our, our best seller. And Orla, do Christmas trees follow trends? I mean, is there a colour scheme that's in favour right now this year? I mean, do they follow fashion trends? Absolutely. Traditional will still be your best seller. So your um, yellow gold, your reds, kind of maroon. We've got a lot of maroon this year. Um, dark reds, still beautiful colours, kind of bringing in maybe some more green into it. Um, but our our second best seller and has been for the past five years is rose gold and pink trees. So they're like really, really yeah, really feminine, really beautiful, um, very different. So you can pull you could pull the pink in with reds and golds and maybe start introducing it this year. But people eventually uh, phase everything else out and put the the gold and pink on it. It's fabulous. Oh, yeah. okay. I've never yeah. seen a rose gold or a pink Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's, it's just massive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's the big trend. I was wondering, I knew there'd be something out there that would be the thing for this year. Yeah. So it's rose, gold or pink Christmas yeah. trees. And last question for you, Orla, um, the star or the angel on the top? Has this changed over the years? Um, again, we do our trees a very floral look. So um, we have like uh, ferns that we put in the top of the tree and kind of spike them at the top as ah. opposed to going for an angel or a star um, because they don't tend to sit and that's probably yeah. because I'm dressing a lot of trees and we've trees dressed on the floor the angels and the stars tend to tip over but no the the stars and the angels are still selling but um, kind of going to wait for that maybe making a big bow for the top as well which we do here in the shop in McAllister's Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah, oh, so yeah. loads of things to be going on with Orla McAllister oh, from the Home and Garden Centre in Carrick Macross. Thanks a million for your time. Loads of ideas. Thank you, Orla. Thanks a million. Take Bye-bye. care. We're going to take a bit of music now. Another Christmas song. This is Megan Trainer. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Pre-book your new car for the new year and we'll hold all prices. You're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 086-1800-658. Now, a school in Enniscorthy in County Wexford has come up with a brilliant idea to try to help Focus Ireland this Christmas. And on the line to tell me more about it is Jenna Fitzgerald from St. Sennans Primary School. How are you, Jenna? I'm good. Thanks very much. Thanks a million for taking the call. This is a fantastic idea. Well, I'd like to be able to take credit for the idea, but um, unfortunately I'm I'm only sharing the idea um, the idea was spotted online, I think, by one of our second class teachers, Denise Tyrrell. Um, she saw that it was happening in a school in the UK and that the parents were being asked to donate to charity instead of maybe buying a little gift for teachers. 
And so Denise just, you know, I'm working with parents a lot in school here. So Denise came to me and said, what did I think? Would it be a good idea? I thought it was. And so we approached the principal and went from there. And you sent out a letter to parents. I have it here. I'm just going to read a little bit of it out. Um, The letter says there can be a lot of pressure on parents at Christmas time. And while staff are always grateful for your kind gifts, we would like to reduce stress for families and suggest that this year you don't buy gifts for us. We all enjoy teaching and working with your children. It's our pleasure to do so. But we're focusing on the spirit of giving. And so if you'd like to send in a donation of up to two euro, we'll forward all donations to Focus Ireland. That is just brilliant. And two euro, I mean... Yeah. Two euro is very, very little, but it will add up to a lot. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will. I've actually had some people who've commented on our Facebook post and asked, would it be okay if they donated as well? So it's kind of had more far-reaching consequences than just our school, which is great. Of course, Focus Ireland very much in the news at the moment with the homeless situation. So it would also, I suppose, get the children thinking about this and thinking about their own social responsibilities. Absolutely. Um, We've been working really a lot um, in the last couple of weeks on the idea of Thanksgiving and gratitude here in school. Um, All the children recently took part in kind of a a big Thanksgiving tree. Each child received a leaf and they had to think and, you know, pause and reflect on something that they're grateful for, which they wrote on the leaf. And then the teachers collected all the leaves and made it a big tree in the hall. So that kind of just showed them, you know, focus on the little things that are, you know, special to us, you know, rather than, I suppose, material, material items coming up to Christmas. And I do remember when my own kids were small and it was a big deal going out to get the present for teacher you know I mean what are the kids thinking about this idea? Um, well, some some kids have said, look, I'm a, I'm a little bit too late this, this year, teacher, because I've already got your present. And we said, that's completely fine. You know, we're not going to say to the kids, you know, you'll have to take that home. If they've gone to the trouble of getting something and, you know, putting thought into it, then absolutely, they can, of course, bring it in. But, you know, if they haven't done something yet, we don't want people to feel, you know, you have to go and get something. Yeah. So we, we, we absolutely love, you know, homemade cards, pictures, anything like that. Um, and people, of course, are free to, you know, to donate to Focus Ireland if they'd like to. But there's no pressure on anybody. And All I the presu- donations will be anonymous. I presume, like schools across the country, every year you could give away candles and chocolates that you get as present. Well, they're, they're lovely to receive, but this idea does take the pressure away from parents, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, no, one can say that you can never have enough scented candles, really. But no yeah. one's joking. I know. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, it's lovely and it's really, really lovely to get the gifts. And all the teachers, you know, would say that it's, it's really, it's lovely to be acknowledged at Christmas time and to get these. But we do know that it does put uh, families under pressure. And we do see cases where kids would say, I didn't get a chance to get you a gift teacher. And, you know, you don't want to have to say, well, you know, that's okay. You know, you don't have to get me a present. But parents and children often feel that they have to when they see others bringing in. They feel that, you know, the peer pressure there um, to bring it in. And there's enough pressure nowadays without adding to it. So is there great excitement in the school now with uh, just a couple of weeks to go to Christmas? Absolutely. I always say that these months in, or these weeks in December are absolutely the best weeks in the school here. The buzz around the place is unbelievable. Um, you know, when the crib goes off, and lights around the school and, you know, teachers have decorated classrooms and all the Christmas, you know, Christmas activities are ha- happening already. Uh, the junior infants were down at the post box this morning posting Christmas cards to their families. So it's just, it's just really, really special time in, in school. It's really lovely to be here. Of course, when the children are that age, it's a magical time for them, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And all the kids from, you know, from six plus down help to make it really special for the younger ones, especially. So when you collect these donations, how are they collected then? Do the kids literally bring in a two euro in an envelope or what way is it done, Jenna? 
Well, usually when we collect for charity um, throughout the year, that's exactly how it's done. The kids will bring it in and give it to teacher and then the teachers just bring them down to the office. Um, as we just put up the post yesterday, I, we haven't gone through the finer details of exactly how we're going to make the donation yet. Um, but I'm sure when it all comes in, we'll you know, contact Focus Ireland and arrange a way to, to forward it on. To forward it on to Focus Ireland in yep. time for Christmas. Well, hopefully, yep, yeah, hopefully so. Brilliant idea, fantastic idea. Hopefully it'll catch on around the country because um, your Facebook post is, is getting a lot of attention. So, it is, yeah. Jenna, <laughs> it's, a, it's a brilliant idea. So all that's left for me now is to say happy Christmas to you and all the and pupils to you. down in St. Senans. And we're going to play this one for you. We're going to play Wham! And this is Last Christmas. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a lovely Hello, weekend. Man. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Welcome back to the programme. Now, as Christmas is just around the corner, some amongst us are getting ready for the Christmas party season and we're thinking makeup trends. We'll talk about those in a moment, but before we do, I just want to mention something that caught my eye during the week, and that is the horrors that are lurking in your makeup bag. Yes, you wouldn't think it, but new research has found that really harmful superbugs like E. coli have been found to have contaminated some makeup products as soon as they're being used. So joining me in studio now to talk about all such stuff is beauty therapy from La Royale Day Spa in Navan. Their manager there is Gronya Buggy and she's in studio with me now. How are you, Gronya? Hi, Joan. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Well, I was until I read this article about the bugs that yes. are living in my makeup bag. I think uh, it's something very scary about... Um, my makeup bag is over there beside you, Gronya, because, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we wanted, to, we wanted to, um, to have a look at my bag and we've laid it bare, so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But... This new research has shown that there are really dangerous bugs living in your lip gloss, in your mascara and in especially in sponges used yeah. for your makeup on your face. Yeah, definitely. Once makeup is opened or used, it's definitely a breeding ground for bacteria um, that can cause minor skin and eye infections. But like most makeup will contain some sort of preservatives to try and um, slow up the bacteria growth. But still, you know, if they're being used way more over their shelf lifetime and you're definitely kind of could be prone to some bacterial infections. So what about say for example a lip gloss how long has that from the minute I open it and I start to use it um, how long is the lip gloss good for? Really ideally it should be six to twelve months maximum with that. Oops. Yes it's you're really your telltale signs is when it gets very tacky it starts to harden and um, sometimes they can even have a little like a strange smell coming from them that is the time to to get rid of them it's especially you're dealing with your mouth you could be causing things like cold sores and stuff like that um, definitely six to twelve months maximum for lip gloss and what about makeup sponges they must be just a breeding ground are they yeah 100 percent. all your tools like your brushes your sponges they really really are the main things that have to be kept clean um, sponges should be cleaned definitely once a week and they really should be changed once a month um, again, okay. where you're holding your sponge is so important. If it's loosely in your bag, it's going to be even worse. So really, that should be either in your makeup bag or in a separate makeup bag together. Um, brushes, once weekly, kind of depending on how often you use your brushes, really need to be thoroughly cleaned once a week. Okay, speaking of brushes, you have my makeup bag beside you there yes. now, and I'm just laying myself bare here, Gronya. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a lot of makeup, but what I do wear is is vegan and not tested on animals, and a lot yeah. of it I bought when I lived in Germany, and I still buy the same stuff. But Gronya has my brush um, and what, which, which brush was that now that's a foundation brush I this would be a it? foundation brush yeah. now talk to me about the brush that you found in my makeup bag Gronya so Joan I'm sorry to say this is going to have to be gone it's you serious yeah 
yeah, definitely. You can tell by the top of it, the colour, even the thickness of the top of that brush. Um, it definitely isn't clean for your skin, 100%. Okay. Um, you'll find as well with a brush like this, if your brush is getting all matted and thick at the top, even your application of your makeup won't be going on properly. So that's a telltale sign as well. Um, like, how long do you have this brush? Um, three years, maybe. About yeah. three years. But I do wash it. How often? When I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's just the foundation is just built up inside, which it does. It's common. Do you know that happens? Yeah. But that has to be thoroughly cleaned at least once a week. And at this stage, I'd say you'd need to get a new one. Okay. Yeah, even the way the, the brushes, the hairs are starting to come off it as well. Okay. I, yeah. I'm going to allow you to hold on to that so you can throw it in the bin. Yes. Because you know if you put that back in the bag, I won't dump <laughs> Yes. It. No. You definitely. know that, don't that you? That needs to be gone. You know? <laughs> do you see in your job as a beauty therapist in, in La Royale and Navin, do you see people coming into you with issues? with their skin and they're wondering what's wrong and you know it's yeah. down to just um, the brushes the sponges not being clean definitely like we do a lot of specialised skin treatments in the salon be one of our main things to do um, so definitely it is a huge factor in people's problem with their skin if you're somebody who is acne prone congested skin um, sensitivity or anything like that and you're using um, unhealthy makeup your brushes your sponges and stuff like that you are definitely going to be seeing a lot more breakouts on your skin um, makeup you know is great you can do a lot with makeup but your skin is definitely the base of your makeup okay yeah. there's only so much makeup you can use to cover things you have to have good skin underneath so um a lot of people if you have oily skin that kind of type of skin you really need to be thoroughly cleaning your brushes and your sponges also the type of makeup you're using as well um you know mineral makeup is the best type of makeup for your skin if you're someone who has problem skin it's not going to add to any of the problems that you have already okay. and of course your eyes are very very delicate yes. a person's eyes are very delicate and we're looking at mascara mm. and we're going to bring the producer Louise in here now Louise yes. because Louise came down here and handed you a mascara <laughs> wand and yes. I'm going to let Louise take it up here because she handed you a mascara and she handed you three um, we can call them pencils they they're used compact. to be pencils yes. they're compact they're compact, Bronya. Yeah. She says they're compact. Right. Okay. Well, mascara is definitely something that has to be changed like very regularly. It's, How? it's shelf life is two to three months maximum. Bronya, she says that's five years old. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're very lucky that this hasn't caused you any problems on your eyes, you know, before now. Yeah. It's I definitely be very if you sick, feel a plumpness, a dryness coming onto your mascara. It's time to go. Bacteria breeds really, really quickly on mascara. If you think of it, with each pump that you're using, you're putting dry air into the tube. So mascara is something that really needs to be uh, changed very regularly. And talk to me about the lip pencils that she gave you. She gave you, I think, a lip liner <laughs> and an eyeliner. Oh my really, god, yeah. you're doing a great job on these. Um, these eyeliners are gone down the by an inch, so they've been paired. <laughs> Very, very much so. Very far down. Um, 18 months really should be, I think, the shelf life on these now. And those are about an inch, maybe two inches long. Louise, how old are they? They're about, I can actually remember buying them on a day out in Dublin about 15 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> I just can't get years. the same shade she can't since. She can't get the same shade. So it does happen. The they do one. get discontinued. It can be very hard if you have one you have, but there would be something you could match up. Um, the thing about liners, I suppose, the only saving grace is you are pairing them. So it's kind of helping a little bit on the hygiene side to kind of keep it um, clean. But really at this stage, just for your eyes and sensitivity on your eyes or infections and stuff like that, they should be 
new ones now. Hold on to them as well, Ronnie, because if you give them back to her, yes. she's Oh, you can bin the mascara, but I think I need my lip liners back. <laughs> you can bin the mascara, but she wants <laughs> the lip liners back. Okay. And hold on to my brush, because otherwise that will go yes, back in the bag. No you problem. know that. Okay. We're, we've talked about the hazards. We've talked about the shelf life of makeup and how dangerous it can be if you don't look after the brushes yes. and if you don't look after your, look after your skin, really. But let's talk a bit happier stuff now. Let's talk about Christmas and, yes. and, and makeup trends and, and the party season. What What's yeah. the look this not that I'm going to do it now. You know, I'm <laughs> oh, useless you will. with makeup. Ah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I just can't. I, I just can't. You, I, I'm useless with makeup. It's hard if you're not used to yourself using a lot of makeup. You know, it can be a bit of a shock when you go in and get something very glammed up. But this time yeah. now, it's party season. Christmas parties are in full swing. So, um, what we're seeing a lot this time now is kind of glitter and pigment pots, which are basically like glitter pots for the eyes. So everyone wants that kind of more sparkle on the eye, like a cut crease look. Um, the Where skin, should I go back? Like a what look? It's a cut crease. So basically What's just that? it's just basically the centre the inside of your lid would be cut into a crease and you'll put the glitter in there and then the end of the lid will be darkened up. So really sparkly, really kind of festive looking. Um the pigment pots come in all different colours, so it depends on what you're wearing, you would match up. Um and then I think highlighting is really, really important now. People want that dewy look of a skin now they don't want this heavy um, foundation and concealed look so um, we do like high definition foundations and stuff like that and work that really kind of give your skin that glow um, and then obviously statement red lips now at the moment are big with maybe lashes and uh, winged liner as well Well I'm going to go back now to a time when you, you were far too young and you probably weren't even born indeed <laughs> the old pan stick Oh this yes This was huge when I was a young yeah. teenager the old pan stick and you'd lash it on and you'd lather it on and it would be as thick Yeah yeah. And that was what was used for coverage. It's, you're saying it's really, really different now. Yeah, like people want to, uh, they want to have clear skin, but not to look heavy. So like your pan stick will be really, really thick consistency. Um, and then, you know, in natural daylight, it would be very, very heavy. So yeah. people want their skin to look good, but not heavy, not not too kind of, that orangey look is gone now. It is, yeah. yeah. It is gone. What's the big trend then this year? What are you seeing? What are people looking for for this Christmas besides the glitter? What What's the big trend? Probably the red lip now will come in burgundy actually. People are starting to move a little bit from the, the red lip now and kind of go a little bit deeper into the plums and the burgundies on the lips. Um, the winged liner is big and lashes are big are really really big lashes are big aren't they for weddings and for parties and for yeah. Christmas but you see an awful lot an awful lot of young young girls wearing lashes all the time all yeah. the, I, I mean is that bad for your eyes to there's have- all different types of lashes the the semi-permanent lashes that we do for say um like four to six weeks definitely can be damaging long term for your um for your eyes but what we will do is we we do occasional lashes which is basically just last for a weekend they're not attached to your actual lash itself so no harm there at all um but definitely they make a big difference to people's eyes and people can't kind of go out without them anymore now they've got so used to it because you do see some injuries don't you to people's eyes from using the glue that comes with those lashes yeah. you're better off really to go to a salon aren't you oh 100% and there can be a lot of reactions to, to the glue around the eyes as well um, and you know people's eyes can swell and things so you need to do patch tests and stuff like that um, but yeah no definitely lashes winged liner maybe the burgundy kind of lip um, and obviously the, the glitter pot if that's what you're into 
And Christmas now, you must be very, very busy, are you? Yeah, it's really picking up now. It's really, really getting a great shuffle around and uh, lots of vouchers being sold and all the lovely gifts. Beauty salons are crazy. Your feet must have barely touched the ground at this time of yeah. the year. These next few weekends, you can really feel it. Like, you know, really, there's a good spirit around this year, actually. Um, and just Christmas parties are kicking off now full time. So. Tonight's probably the biggest, the, the first night, really, the big Christmas yeah, parties. Yeah, we felt off. it last weekend, but definitely the next three weekends now are the big ones. Yeah. Do you know what I wanted to ask you a little bit about? There's a lot on social media now these new social media influencers yeah. that are out there Jeffree Star and people mm. like that you know that with their makeup and they're out there and all the youngsters are watching them and suddenly they've got their own brands out yeah. there do you find that this is a huge influence on the people who are coming into you and they say well I want to look oh, like definitely. Kim Kardashian or I want to look like such and such you know some of these influencers yeah definitely people do come in to me with pictures of these different makeup looks and different trends and it's it's definitely like if, if a blogger puts up something today by tomorrow it's it's a big hit can't get products off on the shelves that they've been using and stuff like that if they start a new look that's exactly what everyone wants so it is it's really really big the great thing about it though as well these days is a lot of these bloggers have their own YouTube channels they do all these demonstrations and um, like youngsters are actually a lot better at doing makeup now than they used to be as well like you know themselves because they have all these tutorials as well so um, it can be hard if people come in with a picture of Kim Kardashian and they want to kind of look like her and it, everything looks different on um everyone else's face you know it depends yeah. on your face shape your eye shape and all that kind of thing but um, definitely the bloggers have a huge huge influence yeah and people like Kylie Jenner she's so young and she's, yeah. she's one of the world's richest people now isn't she from yeah. her makeup line Yeah, and of course all of these trends are out there now you have to uh, you have to really know what you want when you go into a salon don't you yeah. do people come in and they know exactly what they want and you have to try to reproduce that yeah definitely and you have to kind of cater for them and then you have to be careful some people they see something on somebody else but they won't necessarily like it on themselves so you have to kind of cater for their their skin and their face type because you know some people will want this thing but then they put it on they don't like it yeah I know. so you kind of have to be careful in I've, that been sense. That <laughs> I've been that soldier i've been that soldier Grania, would you believe our time is up no problem. i want you to take that makeup brush of yes, mine i, I want will. you to take uh no she won't let me give you the pencils but um you have to take <laughs> that mascara and put them in the bin because if you don't we won't you yes, know that. they're gone you've never seen them they're okay gone. so you've saved us from that <laughs> and from the perils of the makeup bag Grania buggy from la royale in avon thank you so thank much thank you very much for coming John. into the studio we've no learned problem. a lot haven't we mm-hmm. louise we have. Thanks a million, Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. You're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now I have someone very special for you to meet. I met my next guest when she was just five years old. Now I was producing and directing a musical theatre show and this little girl walked in the door one day to audition for me. Her name is Ruby O'Kelly. She's from Bally James Duffin County Cavan and she's now a young teenager sitting here in front of me in her school uniform. Hi Ruby. Hi. Lovely to see you again. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh you're more than welcome. I haven't seen you for a few months. Now Ruby of course the first time I met you you were five years of age you joined in my show you turned six during rehearsals one day I remember in particular and you took the stage all by yourself in the Solstice Theatre at six years of age you were very very brave Ruby yeah it was such an amazing experience it was actually my first ever show my entire life and oh I'll forever remember you walked out on that stage dressed as Jessie the cowgirl from Toy Story and you sang when she loved me and you brought the house down (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Do you remember it well? Yeah, I do. I remember it 
really well. Really? Were you yeah. you weren't nervous? You were, you didn't look no, like you No, I were just nervous. went right out there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sing on the stage and that's it. And you were six years of age, born to do what comes to mind. Now, let's bring it right up to the present day. You've had a really, really busy year, Ruby. You've been at the forefront of a campaign against bullying and you even wrote a song that went viral. So we'll start with that. The song was called You Won't Stop Me. Will you tell me a bit about it and how that came about? Well, basically... The song is about bullying and it's about kind of loneliness and grief and mostly bullying because I was inspired by my brother. My brother was really badly bullied when he was younger and I'm younger than him. I'm his younger sister and like when I saw him coming into the house, I saw how sad he was even though I was too young to understand and even my mom and all that and it was sad watching him and sad looking at my mom upset for him and I remember I just was up in my room one day about two years ago now at least and I, I was just kind of playing on my piano and I was kind of writing and then I kind of started coming up with like lyrics and words and it just kind of flew out of me and I remember I showed my mom my mom was like did you write that and I was like I did and she was like you did not write that you copied that and I was like I didn't so she was like okay if you wrote it then write some more and I wrote more and it really just went from there and I'm really proud of what I achieved with it I recorded it like two years ago and released it a year ago and oh you were 12 years of age when you did that yeah I was now that song went viral that song really took off didn't it yeah I got so many things from it and I'm just it's probably the biggest achievement I've had in my life. So far, Ruby, you're yeah. 14. Yeah. You have a long life ahead yeah. of you to achieve great things. But you got high praise about that song right around the world. But I believe you had a personal letter from the president, from Michael yes. D. Higgins. Oh my Tell God. me about that. Yes, I'm going to be singing for him soon enough, hopefully. I got a letter from him and I was like, oh my God, the actual president. And I remember I've performed at so many places. I even met Tom Cruise himself. In the flesh. Now, I, hang on. I didn't know that. I met. I was singing at the Humanitarian Awards and I met Tom Cruise. Was this in London? Yes, this was in London. And this was just a short while ago, wasn't it? Yes, it was about only a month ago. You met Tom Cruise. Oh, tell me what that was like. It was amazing. Oh, my God. I, he was basically there. And they're like, oh, we, we can take you to see him. But it's only you that can come. And my mum was like are you for real? I'm not meeting Tom Cruise. I'm <laughs> raging. So um, I went and he, it, it's true what they say, he is of average size. And he um, <laughs> basically, it was just like a, a short picture and then I went, but like it was great being in his presence, in just seeing him in the flesh and after was, looking at so many films. Did you get a photo? I did. Oh, and, you have to show me that after. Oh my god, yeah. But like, it was one of them like professional photos with one of like his things, and I, we haven't got it, and we've been looking for it for ages, and I just want to get the photo. And was he nice? Yeah, he was really nice to you. Yeah. Okay, take me back, Ruby. Let's go back now. You're you're meeting Tom Cruise. I mean, that's huge. You're 14 years <laughs> of age. You've already had a letter from the president, and you've met Tom Cruise, and you've sung at the Humanitarian Awards in London, and you're still only 14. Let's go right back after the show you did for me when you were six years of age. I mean, was it always there in you, Ruby? Was it? Did you always want to stand up on that stage and perform? Ever since I was literally a baby I've wanted to be on the West End on Broadway it's literally ever since I was younger 
I want to be on the West End. I want to be on Broadway. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's always been stage. And getting that first show, especially if it was like a Broadway show, it was really big for me. And it really had a, like, if I never did that show, I probably would have never did a bunch of shows. So, like, it really was great getting started at such a young age. And Mm. I really, like, it's great. And when you stand up there now, and I know you have a great love of singing and, and musicals in particular, but when you stand up there on that stage and you're alone and you're looking out at a sea of people and hundreds of people, I mean, have you any fear or do you just feel, right, I'm so comfortable here now? Like, at times I would feel nervous, but my mom always tells me that nerves are good because mm. it means that you're not overconfident. And that's great knowing that, like, oh, like, I'm not going to be, like oh, I'm great, I'm this and that. Because, like, no matter how many times I sing in front of an audience, I'm always surprised at the clap because I never expect them to clap. Like, I don't go on stage and say, oh, I'm going on the stage so I can be clapped or I can be, I'm applauded. I go on the stage just to do what I like doing. Yeah. And hope they like it. But it's in your blood. It obviously is in there. Yeah, I've always wanted to sing my entire life and singing like this is amazing. And you take lessons? Yeah, I I actually only started taking lessons like a few years ago. But like when I was younger, I didn't take lessons. So it was only kind of when I was around like 10 or 11, I started taking lessons. Because I've seen videos of you at six years of age singing Adele songs. Now, yeah. not many six-year-olds can sing Adele songs, Ruby. <laughs> I was belting them out. I was not afraid of anything. No, so you were, re- it really is in your blood. Now, a lot of girls your age would be looking more towards the X Factor and, you know, Britain's Got Talent and all that sort of stuff. It would be the pop world they're looking for. So it's quite unusual to meet a young teenager who wants the West End or Broadway. Yeah. What is it about that that you just it's, want? What is it about the West End? It's like I love the songs. I love basically I I appreciate the music and the orchestra and the acting and the costumes and like going out to perform every night. It's just amazing. It's like a routine and I love routines and I just it's hard to explain because when you really like when you sit down and listen to music, I appreciate it instead of like like people like like modern music now I like it but Mm. stuff like old songs and musicals I really appreciate them like Mm. I listen to the music like I just really appreciate music in general and musical theatre like being able to sing and like a music as well is great but is there anybody out there now um, a modern day like that you're no you know your friends are listening to will say is there anyone you like you admire out there now I, mean, I like Taylor Swift. Stars? Yeah. I like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I like Bruno Mars. I like kind of all them kind of singers. But I, I like Billie Eilish as well. But you see, it's all kind of just like the old songs. It's something about them that I just really like. Yeah. And musicals, of course, they all tell a story through music, of course. What's yeah. your favourite musical? Oh, that's an impossible question. Really? I, I've seen so many musicals and I love all of them. I love like all like, the new ones. Dear Evan Hansen, Heathers, um... Be more chill. I love all the old ones as well. La Miz. Um, Wicked. Oh, Wicked, yes. I saw Wicked. Oh my God. I was amazed at Wicked. It was amazing. It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Wicked's an incredible yeah. show. Of course, now we have the Board Gosh Theatre in Dublin. Yes. So you don't need to cost your parents a fortune anymore yes. flying over to the UK <laughs> all the time to see shows. Yes. So that's a brilliant thing to have. You must be delighted. Yeah. Would you love to perform on that stage? I would. I'd love gosh. to perform anywhere. I, I don't care if it's at the back of a 
like a tiny house. I just want to <laughs> perform. That's all I want to do. So you've been busy this week performing, haven't you? What have you been up yes. to? Yes. I was performing in the solstice for a Christmas show and I was singing a bunch of Christmas songs and it was great. It was really nice. And actually, that's where I sang OMG Broadway for you. So it was nice being back to where I began. It yeah. was kind of like... Like it came all came into like a circle and I was back where I began again. Yeah, and hopefully when you're a huge superstar on, on Broadway, you'll come back and you'll come yeah. back and sing in Solstice for yeah. us and you'll come back in here and sing for us in yes, here as well. definitely. So, I mean, is that the dream? Is that, I mean, are you going to keep, I mean, you're in school now. What year are you in? I'm in second year. Okay, so next year is the big year for the exams yes, kicking so, off. And yeah. I mean, that must be hard keeping up with music and your singing mm. and your lessons and then performing yeah. as well because you're performing around the country now, aren't you? You've mm. done festivals festivals this yeah. year. And I'm actually really surprised that like I'm still able to catch up with all my schoolwork. Like I've never missed any bit of homework. I've never missed anything. And when I miss school, like I was sick all last week and I still my mom emailed the school just so I could get my work because I want to keep kind of getting with all the work and just You've got I'm, your head screwed on, Ruby. Yeah. You know that you're gonna have to do your exams as <laughs> yeah. well as doing this. You're not totally turned by the music, even yeah. though you know that's what you want to do. So Broadway is the dream, is it? Yeah, it Who is. Who is the your dream. idol? Do you have an mm-hmm. idol? Do you have someone that you absolutely oh love? Actually, when I was in London, I met James Barber, who was one of the phantoms in Phantom of the Opera. I literally I I was speechless. I was like, "Hi, um, I I I, I, I love your singing." And oh. it's amazing, isn't it, when yeah, you meet your I idols? Met, and I also met um, oh, um, the original Jean Valjean. Oh uh, my goodness, I Colin Wilkinson. Colin Wilkinson. I met him, and oh I've my seen God. the photograph of you with both of those. I saw yes. the one where you lost your voice talking, to, and you were just amazed when you yes. walked. Yeah, I will always be amazed. I always will. Well, I hope you always keep that sense of amazement, Ruby, because that's important as well going. Yeah forward even though we know there's no doubt you're going to be a huge star on Broadway and the West End. I have to wrap up this interview would you believe that but with a real treat in store now for our listeners because you're going to sing us out now Ruby aren't you you're going to sing a very beautiful Christmas hymn for us called Oh Holy Night of course so while you're getting yourself ready there Ruby all that's left for me to say is to thank all of my guests today and indeed for all of this week as I filled in for Jerry. I want to thank my lovely producer Louise and as always you the listener for tuning in. We're going to say goodbye now with the beautiful voice of Miss Ruby O'Kelly and Oh Holy Night. So take care. Bye bye. Oh
Christ was born. is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles no enrollment periods and especially no more what ifs visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.